Hello and welcome to this episode of Superhero Ethics. Today we are continuing our coverage of Moon Knight, talking about episode four with myself, Matthew Fox, uh, semi-co-host Paul Hoppy, and occasional returning guest, Will Freeland. All that and more after commercial break, we have no control over it. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host. Um, Paul Hoppy joining me again. He and I were recording on the Batman about, oh, 16 hours ago, 17 hours ago. I'm bad at math. Math check. Uh, we've both hopefully gotten some sleep. Um, did you watch the Batman again? I, I mostly watched Moon Knight and slept since then. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you've not, you've not kept your ratio of Batman watching being 25% of your time. It is declining. It's, it might be more like 12.5%. I might, I might watch it again. We'll see. I, okay, I, I have okay. learned more things about things that were in the thing. Well, we're definitely going to do a feedback episode, assuming we get you know, kind of uh, responses and stuff like that. So hold the Batman thoughts, but I'm glad to have you here. Uh, also joining us is Will Freeland. Will comes to us from the Hype is My Superpower uh, podcast. Great podcast about comics and been kind of our, you know, giving us a comics perspective that we asked him to be a part of and then didn't want in episode one. Uh, but we're getting more and more into it, so there's a lot more to talk about. So, Will, whether or not you talk about comics, it's always great to have you here. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, thank you for having me back. I missed you guys last week. Uh, I was in New York visiting my my co-host for my podcast mm-hmm. uh, in New York, and we did a Marvel-themed tour of New York, and that was a lot of fun. Did it include um, Hell's Kitchen? Yeah, we went to Hell's Kitchen. Nice. We had we had dinner in Hell's Kitchen um, at a place called um, Hellcat something something. Okay. Uh, and Hellcat is another character in yeah. Marvel, so we seemed the most fitting of uh, restaurants to dine at. <laughs> sure. That seems appropriate. That seems appropriate. Uh, how many people dressed as Marvel characters met you in Times Square and tried to take your money? Uh, we walked by but, a spider Take your picture and then accept yeah, money yeah, from you. Right, yeah. Not <laughs> tried to, to mug to you. Clear, I, mean, I mean scammers, not muggers. Right, I got <laughs> mugged by Deadpool in Times Square. Um, <laughs> I got mugged by Deadpool in Times Square and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. So. <laughs> yeah, there was only one Marvel character. Well, okay. So we only got within about a block of Times Square. Mm. Close enough for me to take a picture and remember the references for... Uh, where Hulk fought Abomination in Incredible Hulk, and then also mm-hmm. uh, one of the more iconic scenes from Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then took my pictures, we moved on. <laughs> mm. All right. Was it Spider-Man? Was that the, the Marvel character you saw there? Spider-Man yeah. was the Marvel character. Yeah, there's usually a I Spider-Man wandering around Times Square. Oh, nice. Yeah. I heard him speaking <laughs> and completely judging a book by their audible cover. I think he was black. <laughs> Hey, Electro would be thrilled. I know, right? He'd be in, so happy. In theory, we might be getting a Miles Morales in the MCU at some point. So, fingers crossed, everything I crossed. Think everybody can go for that. In the yeah. deleted scene, he does technically exist. There you go. So, overall thoughts. What do you all think of this episode? Oh man, I had huge. I had a huge grin uh, yeah. throughout most of the episode. Really, the second half of the episode. Uh, it, I mean, it's going all over the place, man. Mm-hmm. I do feel like there was one missed opportunity for expanding on the universe. 
uh, that they did not take, and that is totally fine. Um, but other than that, I, I, I really like it. I had a good, it was wild. What about you, Paul? It still feels very contained, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, they're talking about Egyptian gods walking among us, and, like, you know, it's the MCU, and, and like, there's, there's not really any other MCU stuff going on particularly. Maybe there's some Easter eggs I miss, but, like, mm-hmm. right. I definitely felt in this episode, like, oh, I, I wish I was able to just, like, watch all six episodes, you know, like, in a row. Because, like, in the beginning, I was super hooked, and then I spent 25% of the, you know, 24 hours preceding this watching of Moon Knight, watching the Batman twice. And, like, that got me very much into that world. And then coming back to this one was, like, a little difficult. Like, I, I wish I had... I wish it was just, like, the next day. Like, I think today, if I yeah. watched it, it would have been a little easier to get back into it and or maybe, like, rewatch the previous episode or something like that. Um, I'm still really enjoying the series a lot. I enjoyed the kind of, like tomb raiding but not tomb raiding you know Mm -hmm. uh, tomb raiding with respect i guess (laughs) it's sort of like i don't know it's it's interesting because it's like um layla is kind of like a tomb unrobber i think right Uh (laughs) it's kind of like what what she's trying to do but like they did you know go to a tomb and uh, you know desecrate a sarcophagus and i mean you know because reasons right they want to try and stop the judgment of millions of people getting killed and whatever but like you know, you know, it's still, it's, it's just interesting, kind of that dynamic of being like, we're trying to be very respectful. Let me just reach right down this guy's throat and just see if I can <laughs> yeah. pull out this Literally imprisoned rip god. his jaw off his body. Right, exactly. Um, god, he got yeah, I, deep in there too. He really did. He was. I, like I, I felt like there were kind of like three distinct parts to this episode, and the the first one was kind of the suspense horror part, which right. Honestly, I hated. Like, mm. and I don't like. I think that there is a part uh, that is a perfectly acceptable part of the story that I don't. I'm not mad that the show did that. I think a lot of fans would really love that. Mm-hmm. But I think it made me even more aware of what you're talking about, Paul, because I think I was like, if that was ten minutes or twenty minutes out of a spending my day spending six hours watching this show, I think I'd have been like, cool, whatever. We're we're right. getting through this. It's a little scary. We're gonna get to the next part. Having it be when I'm like, okay, I only have like 50 minutes and really you're giving me 20 minutes of this right, right, when I want right. so much else. Then the second part was like all this great stuff about the gods and I was like, cool, I'm here for this. And then of course, and by the way, huge spoilers for this episode if you haven't seen it, then we shift into everything's happening in a mental institution and I was like, I didn't know that we were going to go really go here. I'm really here for it. i am got a lot of questions uh, and a lot of like... Not that there's anything that's a red flag for me yet, but there's a lot of things where I'm like, you're, 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 this is a high wire act now. Right, right, like, yeah. if, if you nail it, you can nail it. But if you get this part wrong, it's going to be real bad. Um, do you want to say also as kind of a, um, a fun uh, lead-in for next week, um, I'm lining up a couple of great uh, additional guests to come on and co- uh, comment on other parts of the show. Jessica Plummer, who's been a regular guest on this show, She's going to come on uh, probably when the show is over, and she and I are going to talk about Jewish representation in comics and in comic TV shows and movies and how there hasn't been much until now. And, like, you know, going to talk about, like, to what extent is the Judaism of this character going to be mentioned? Um, Saren is another character, is another person who's been on this show. Uh, she and I did an episode on Encanto, 
Uh, she's a licensed therapist. She has a lot of uh, understanding of mental illness. And she and I did a, a really fun job kind of breaking down the Encanto characters. She has a good deal of specialization in disassociative identity disorder. She's been really loving the show. She's really excited to talk about it from that perspective. So next week we'll have her on after next week's episode to talk more about like from the medical, you know, therapeutic perspective, how is the show handling mental illness? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved that scene. I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm really curious to see where this goes. Cause I could see it being real good or real bad. <laughs> I could see that. It also felt to me like that part at the end was like a, a teaser. It was like a really long teaser for next month's yeah. episode. Next month. No. Yeah. The, there's next week's episode. The one after that is next month's episode. The finale is next month's episode. Technically. Yeah, like that could but, that could have easily been an after credit scene. Right. You know? But it was long. It was like five, ten minutes, I think. It was it yeah. was extended, right? It wasn't really a scene, it was a sequence, an extended, you know, a bunch of things happened. Um I really enjoyed yeah. how it was shot. I thought it was super intriguing. I wanna mm-hmm. know what happens then. I agree that I was like Okay, but I want to watch this part now. I don't. I don't want to wait a week for that. You yeah. know, I was like much more hooked by that, and like let's see what happens. I will say the thing that got us into there was my only, and probably my my biggest complaint about the show from like a plot standpoint was the whole no, we're gonna stand around and talk about this thing right now while there are people chasing us uh, with machine guns. Like just to, just to, just don't do that. Like come on, crimes. like. Yeah, you know, and and I guess on some level, I'm kind of glad that it didn't work out for them because it's so ridiculous that they did that. But on the other hand, that that's the sort of thing that always feels very contrived to me when that happens. Uh-huh. And so that was just like a little frustrating in terms of story. But, yeah. I, you know, I guess we got to this point because of that. And like, all right. I mean, they could have just been fleeing and she could have been like, well, you're going to have to tell me when. And then they could have gotten caught anyway. You know, so yeah. it could have been, like, a little bit less of a contrivance, maybe. But, like, here, I guess she gets to be wherever she is, sneakily. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I have some mixed feelings on that. But on the subject of contrivance, uh, I'm going to do a very rough transition because <laughs> it costs a lot of money to keep this podcast going. Uh, I love doing this. It's a lot of fun. But we are trying to monetize it different ways. Just, you know, help keep the lights on, help keep paying for the Internet and the, the hosting and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we got offered sponsorship by Manscaped, and we was happy to accept that. I've been testing out their products, using them, as has been Paul. Uh, so I just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by support by Manscaped, which is the uh, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. I, I will point out that it should be people's below-the-waist grooming because the it is designed for those who have outer genitalia instead of inner genitalia, uh, which are um, can be people of all genders. So I'm just pointing that out. But they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That is the phrase that I'm supposed to be using. Uh, Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Hygiene Bundle, uh, the performance package. Join over 4 million people, yes, I'm editing, uh, worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer. Uh, if you go to their website, eh, if you go to their website manscaped.com, uh, and type in the, the discount code HEROETHICS, all one word, H-E-R-O-E-T-H-I-C-S, uh, you'll get 20% off on anything you purchase. Uh, so I got to say, like, when I was offered sponsorship by this company, I was like, eh, it's not really a product I think I'm going to use very often. I just kind of just do, you know, like little clipper scissor things and get by. I got to say I've been really impressed by it so far. Um, <laughs> Paul, 
what's been your kind of um ha- has manscaping been a part of your life before this and no uh, what do you think of the product so far i would say not particularly consistently certainly scissors <laughs> are getting nowhere near that region uh, <laughs> i don't even really like cutting my hair on my head with scissors like i've gotten stabbed uh-huh. in the ear enough times that way um but yeah i'm talking about those teeny little clippers you know not like sure, actual yeah no scissors, like fingernail you know? scissors i, under, I understand yeah. i guess uh still yeah no hard pass <laughs> yeah i mean i <laughs> i feel like it's something that you really want to have a lot of confidence in whatever tools you might be using and uh mm-hmm. I, I do have that i feel much more comfortable and um, you know, also like you can use it kind of like wherever on your body, right? Like right. it's as much as it is like a very targeted sort of marketing campaign. It honestly is just a good, um, you know, body hair trimmer for wherever you might want to employ that. Um, and then yeah. you have these, uh, crop preserver and crop reviver things that seem, <laughs> uh, so far so good, you know, in terms of maintaining a level of freshness. They, they definitely commit to the bit. Though there's a whole thing, like the, the actual trimmer tool is called the lawnmower. And then everything else is based around that, you know, you're a man and you do gardening. And so this is all gardening tools to, I'll be honest, fam, you know me. I'm not a man. I'm a non-binary person. That, that's not the direction I'm going to go with it. But I'm still pretty happy with it. Um, especially because, yeah, I, I, I got some product like a couple years ago. That was, again, kind of marketed like this. I think there was a discount code for someone else's pod- podcast. Apparently, podcast listeners are thought to be mostly uh, uh, users of this kind of technology. Draw your own conclusions there. Um, but, it, you know, I, I cut myself with it. Like, it should not it, – it, it seemed to be a lot of, like, having to, like, pull things in the right way to, like, get – yeah. It, it just was, it was, that it was, was with the competitor's products. That was with the competitor's <laughs> product, yeah, to be clear. So, to be you very know, clear the, on that. Yeah, I've, I've used the, the Manscaped lawnmower twice. Much easier, uh, much better. Uh, yeah, I, I think this will probably be – and uh, we talked a little bit on our Batman podcast about some of the other products that are included. I, I, you know, I want to help keep the lights on, so we're going to accept sponsorship while we can. But I want to be able to get sponsorship from a company that I can stand by. And I'd say, yeah, this is, this is a product that I'm happy I got, I got some of. I'll probably keep buying more of. I have yet to test out some of the other things, but the uh, nose and ear hair trimmer, I'm curious about. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll thumbs see. up on, on those yeah, so far. Yeah, you yeah. can do positive. Awesome. So, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm supposed to tell you, but I figure personal stories and our kind of banter about it is probably more interesting to you, the listener. And most of you are just probably fast forwarding and hoping we're done. So I promise we're just wrapping up now. But again, if you go to manscaped.com, type in the code HEROETHICS get 20% off you can get the performance package which is an incredible deal you get all sorts of products for like 150 bucks off or you can do just like just get the trimmer or just get the the nose hair thing or just get a pair of boxer shorts which frankly i mean they're supporting my podcast and their boxer shorts are giving very good support for finish the sentence as you will (laughs) but Um, pods could be used for anyway (laughs) Um, anyway So to any families that are listening to this podcast in the car together, I'm very sorry. Please send all of your therapy bills to manscaped.com. But more importantly, please go to manscaped.com, check out their products, use the code HeroEthics. Uh, It'll help this podcast, helps me bring more content to you all. So with that being said, let's get back to the actual contrivance uh, in the show. Because my only response to that is, I, I think you're right, it's completely ridiculous that the characters do it. I also feel like I 100% understand Layla's perspective of, no, we're going to stop. 
I don't really understand you're going to stop and tell me, but I understand maybe like, okay, tell me why we run. I don't care, but like... Yeah, I would have been fine clear, with that. It is clear that Mark and Steven have both not been telling her everything, primarily Mark, and have continually been saying, I'll tell you later, yeah, I'll tell you yeah. later, I'll tell you later. So yeah, I, I get her frustration, mm-hmm. but the fact that the characters then act on that frustration, which causes the plot to go where the plot goes, yeah, that was not great writing. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I totally understand her perspective, just not her direct choices in that moment. Like, yeah. okay, let's tell me while we run, I think would have been a uh-huh. good, you know, and it's like, maybe it's easier for them to catch them because they can hear them, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, no, let us stand right here, which is the spot that they're trying to find as well. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I feel like, they wanted to do that scene to show that Mark is a bad guy, but he's not that bad. He <laughs> didn't want to kill everyone right. that they were hired to kill. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, oh. I mean, the conversation is cool. Like, yeah, have that conversation for sure, right? That's the sort right. of thing that it annoys me when they go too long without kind of having a reveal for you know, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll tell you who your mother is when I see you again. Oh, you're not going to ever see each other again. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, and here it's like it it felt like it was a while, but not that long. Right? I guess it was just last episode where they actually it was brought one up episode. this specific yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. So that's not yeah. that long. It's just that there's a week between them. But um, so, yeah, that's that's I, fair. I, I'm, I'm happy that there's a little bit of like, OK, we don't know yet. OK, now we know. Now she finds out. But like, I, I think we only found out that there was a mystery about her father's death. Right. But we've known that Mark did some bad stuff that he's not comfortable talking about. Pretty much that we've known for a longer time. Yeah, since the second episode, since we basically knew who Mark was, right? At all. Right. Yeah. And I will say, I do. It's a bit of a trope, but I do think there's like I think there's an interesting storyline, especially from an ethical standpoint of. I did something that's kind of like it looks like a it's really bad. But it's actually, like, somewhat bad. Yeah. But because I didn't tell you, mm-hmm. and now you found out in a bad way, you're going to assume it's the worst possible, and my attempting to say, no, it's not that bad, doesn't really come off well. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I'm torn, because I, I think it is both a trope that frustrates me, but I also think it is an incredibly real human behavior that humans do all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like I've seen this story before, but I don't for a moment have any trouble believing that that's exactly what Mark would do, and exactly how Layla would respond. Yeah, yeah I buy it's a that very part. natural response. Mm-hmm. Do you, Will? Do you think there's a third personality in there? From what we've yes. seen, if there's some, yes, okay. <laughs> yes, I do think <laughs> there is a third. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, oh man, this episode I, and last episode made us not talking about the comics in the first episode that much more of a payoff okay (laughs) because there there have been there have been things that i've talked about with steve offline yeah because he's more familiar with the comics yeah that are getting Mm -hmm. like sprinkled in right through these last episodes and it it makes me thankful that we held back on some of our conversations earlier awesome Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm finding, like, I knew that mental illness was a big part of this. I'd somehow missed the fact that, that a significant part of the story sometimes does happen in what seems to be, to Mark's perspective, a mental institution. 
And I, I, I get that we're kind of at least my interpretation of it so far is that it is not at least to me as the viewer knowing nothing, it is not clear to me whether Mark is actually in a mental institution after getting shot because no one believes him, or he's been in a mental institution this entire time, or he's in some kind of like Egyptian god induced, you know, delirium where he's interpreting it as being in a mental institution or because that's what they want him to think. And like, I love that. Mm. I love that. Um, I, I, I know, Paul, you're not as much, but Will, have you watched a lot of Star Trek? Are you a big Star Trek fan? I have watched the Chris Pine movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick aside, there's an episode of Deep Space Nine where uh, Cisco, who's the captain of Deep Space Nine, dreams that he is actually a science fiction writer in the 1950s <laughs> who comes up with all of these incredible stories but people won't publish them because he's black, because he's a black man who wants to write them. And it's one of the only times I've seen Star Trek deal that directly with racism as an actual thing instead of, like, having a metaphor for it. Mm. But it's also, like, eventually he winds up being committed because he's so convinced that these stories are real. And it kind of, like, for half an episode, you're kind of like, wait, maybe the show isn't real. Maybe the whole show is this guy in a mental institution and the stories he's coming up with. And like, maybe all of Star Trek canon is, he is actually like Gene Roddenberry, right? And he's... Right? And like, you know that's not the case, but for half an episode, it sells you. And like, I, I, I don't think they're going to actually tell us that none of this show has actually happened, that it's all just what's happening inside this guy's head in this institution. But the fact that they could even plant that seed as a possibility... I, I just I thought it was really well done, and it makes me very happy that I know absolutely nothing about how this is handled in the mm, comics. Yeah, yeah, I, I always yeah. enjoy that possibility, that sort of open ended. Well, it could be this, it could be that. When it's a movie, you generally you often have the opportunity to leave it uncertain, and kind of it's up to the audience to decide, and right. not to necessarily figure out, but just to decide what their interpretation is of it, right? Um, right. I think when it's a series inside the MCU, you're you're gonna get an answer, right? Either in episode five or episode six, I, I think. But um, but yeah, I, I like that sort of range of possibilities. I think this is probably stuff that's going on inside his mind while he's unconscious from having gotten shot a couple times and yeah. is you know dying, but probably not dead. And I think. He's probably going to wake up somewhere totally different and have no idea how he got there. And it's going to have been like the third personality who somehow did a bunch of stuff. But mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out. Yeah. Right. Because he's like, uh, we are led to believe that his healing comes from Khonshu. Mm -hmm. And Khonshu's been locked up. Mm -hmm. So he's Khonshu-less this episode. <laughs> Con uh, Condarefoot? <laughs> but then, well, so well it makes me, uh, it makes me feel like that this is definitely some sort of like mindscape because mm -hmm. Steven and Mark both physically exist. Right. Yeah. And they're able to Although it could just other. be Mark there and he could be hallucinating Steven, I guess would be a possibility. Maybe. Do mm -hmm. we see Steven interact like physically with I noticed that they made oh, a with point the world? to show us yet. They made a point to show us Steven's shadow mm. when Mark had his back to him. 
which I thought, like, it, it's not quite showing him, but it's showing, like, a physical effect that Steven's oh, mm-hmm. having sure. on the world when Mark isn't looking directly at him. Okay. So I, okay. I, I, think, I think that is – that seems the direction we're most likely going in, mm-hmm. especially because – you know, and again here, I like I think the idea that we've basically flashed forward in time, some ambulances got to him, they healed him from his gunshot wounds. How the ambulances got all yeah, that way? Yeah, like some ambulances. It's just like <laughs> but, yeah. um, Korea. We're we're here at the 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 grave, the unknown grave of Alexander the Great. Could you uh, <laughs> could you send an ambulance? And uh, man, what a an twist that was, though, right? Alexander the okay, Great. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, sure. so that's. Let me just finish that, and then we'll okay. get to it. It's sure. great. Yeah, but to me, the fact, yeah, the fact, the thing why I, I, am pretty confident that can't be the case is because you know the doctor is Emmett, right? And because Layla is there, and and the whole thing about like, um, you know, that he sees Stephen Grant as a character on the show. Like to me, mm-hmm. yeah, to me, all that makes me pretty, pretty clear in the. This is probably all just within his head, possibly with some deities like pushing it a little bit as a way to like keep it in his head or just in his own head right. by himself. But I, I just like to show that at least from Mark's perspective, I get, I, I can 100% believe that Mark right now has no idea what's happening and, and is at yeah. least open to the possibility. Yeah. Man. Oh, as soon as it showed Stephen Grant, that like character on TV, Oh yeah. My mind started spinning. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when we can start talking about comic stuff. Maybe like, can we have a comic comparison episode <laughs> after this show's done? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, for 100%. sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like after the season would be a really good time to, you know, because we'll yeah. be like, all right, we've gotten what we're gonna get for the next year. Now we can get some more information and kind of hypothesize this and that. But like, um, I mean, I mean, Will, I also feel your frustration, yeah. and I, I'm guessing Steve has the same frustration, and I just. I wish you two had an outlet where the two of you could talk about like <laughs> the comic parts and the, like... <laughs> if only <laughs> for the listeners, have you guys done any episodes of that kind of direction so far on how no so we we don't talk about current stuff uh oh yeah, that's right you tend to do just kinda, from yeah. the from the perspective of we don't want to spoil it for people like you guys who may listen to our podcast but aren't caught up on everything that's out um and so like our wandavision episode was like two months after it finished yeah um so yeah eventually we'll talk about moon knight um moon knight is my third favorite superhero from marvel comics Mm -hmm. and so like i'm just pumped to talk about it with anybody yeah. Um. <laughs> well, so let me ask this then again, without without you getting too much into like, oh, the comics would be different this way. But how, are you right now satisfied as a Moon Knight fan? Are you? Do you feel like you're getting the character that you love on screen? Um. Y- yeah. Um, okay. So, like the Moon Knight that you get in the comics is already past this. Figure out the balance between my personalities type thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so generally there's a lot more focus on the Moon Knight aspect versus the Mark Spector, Stephen Grant aspect. Um, Mm. And because in the comics, it's just known that all the gods exist in this grand pantheon 
uh, mishmash of reality. Um, they can get a little more crazy with uh, showing Egyptian gods and the influence that they have on others or chosen avatars and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And then also the interactions between uh, as insensitive as a of a word as it is, someone as crazy as Moon Knight is talking to someone like Spider-Man or someone who's more down to earth um, or like dealing with, or like, like a Scott Summers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. You, you can have those kinds of conversations and situations where we can't have that in the MCU, especially in an MCU where you're still establishing the character and right. how it's going to be going forward. So I'm excited that this is what I'm getting the huge fanboy in me wanted more. That's fair. We still have two episodes, though. <laughs> I do want to make one quick comment, by the way, just kind of wrapping up the conversation about the uh, mental institution he's in. I think one more reason why I am hoping that this is all in his mind and not that he's actually in a mental institution is that, and granted, it's from his perspective, it's a pretty horrifying idea of what a mental institution, what a mental institution is like. And mm -hmm. I just want to say, and I'm kind of you know happy talking about this, I have been in mental institutions at a couple different points in my life when I was in very bad times in my life, including one quite recently. And they can definitely have problems. They're definitely like any kind of institution or medical institution. There can be really bad ones. There can be really good ones. But for the most part, they're like my life. I am alive today because of the time I spent in some of these institutions. And I think an awful lot of people could say that. So I just want like – while I was watching it, I was both, like, really loving it and a little bit cringe just in that same kind of way of, like, when you see, like, people going on medication and it's horrible for them. Like, that can happen. Mm. But you just don't want that to be the all story. So I just kind of want to throw in a bit of personal experience there of, like, this is a very good portrayal of someone's nightmare vision of a mental institution. It's not, I think, what most mental institutions are going to be like. Yeah. Uh, certainly, not as dapper as a person as I am, none of the people in the ones I've been to have been that fashion-coordinated <laughs> as they were in this, like all wearing the off-white thing. So. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the, that kind of middle part of dealing with the gods and it being, it, it being Alexander the Great is a choice, you know, because, yeah. like— there's a lot of conversation, I think for good reason, about, like, you know, wanting to honor. Like, Egypt is African, and especially at, in ancient Egypt, before there'd been, like, mass Arab migration uh, with the spread of Islam, like, yeah, there was an awful lot of, like, Nubian and African uh, parts of the population of, of Egypt. And so dealing with the idea of what is for all intents and purposes, like, not even for all intents and purposes, quite literally a European colonizer in Alexander the Great being the last pharaoh, I mean, that's historically accurate, and there's a lot of evidence, I think, that Cleopatra is a direct descendant of Alexander the Great, which gets into all sorts of complicated questions, but it, given all these debates, it seems very interesting to me that that's the direction they're going. Um, and Will, I don't know if this is a whole comics thing, so you don't want to spoil it, but kind of what, what was your perspective for both of you, maybe especially Paul, because you don't know, like, on, on that being the storyline they chose to explore? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, when they showed the various representatives of, you know, the various avatars of the other gods, right? I mean, it felt like mm -hmm. it was a fairly diverse group of people that were not predominantly, you know, African from like, right. you know, ancient Egypt um, descendants, right? right? Like, or even modern, modern Egypt. Or even modern really. Egyptian descendants. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so... You know, I mean, the idea of gods, it's like, well, 
I don't know, like, were they regional gods, you know, or were they worldwide gods who just kind of only the Egyptians knew about, you know, like right. the Egyptians were maybe the ones who, who popularized them and promoted them or whatever, but like they were gods of the whole planet, right? I, I don't know. We don't know exactly how any of the mechanics of this work, right? Um, well, I mean, it, within the context of the show, we, we haven't learned right. that, right? Maybe, maybe in the comics, there's a bunch about that. But, you know, like, are the Greek gods, like, just gods of Greece? Or are they, like, other global gods who kind of, like, have their own pantheon, and then here's this pantheon, and there's this, like, different pantheons interact, and somehow the Norse gods were all as guardians. They're all aliens, right? Like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to kind of see, like, where's... You know, are these yeah. gods earthly or are they also from some other something guard? I don't know. Um, and, and the Norse gods is a really interesting thing as well because, yeah, I think they are, they're, they're distinctly aliens. And I think we haven't gone there with these gods yet. We may not. But at least they are part of what was established was, look, the people in Scandinavia who experienced these gods, they knew mostly just blonde air blue-eyed, you know, fair-skinned people, and so that's how they envisioned these right. gods. But once we go to Asgard, we see that's clearly not the case. Right. So, yeah, so it also makes sense to me if it's saying, like, yeah, these are gods who come out of ancient Egypt, but, but yeah, especially in today's modern world, interact with people all over the world. Yeah, and so Alexander the Great, as the last avatar specifically, specifically of Amit, like, is there some implication, maybe, then that his whole trying to take over the world was like part of like her mission, you know, was that like trying to spread this, I think what we look at oh, as a okay. misguided view of justice across the globe. I don't know, because I think that's what a lot of, you know, people talk about colonialism and, and empires and, you know, basically being this kind of power grab. But I think a lot of times there is a lot of idealism that again, we can say it's not a, a good sort of idealism, right? It's not what we want um, right. people in power to really be doing personally, if there was an empire that was actually like truly somehow totally benevolent, I don't personally think it would necessarily be the worst thing in the world. However, that's just not how it ever has worked in my understanding of human history is that it's because the thing is, it's always the people who want power, who seek power and are the most likely to end up with it. And that impulse I think often, even when you have some, oh, no, but we're we're saving the heathen masses or whatever it is, right? Whatever it is, it, it's just not a good fit for, like, actually spreading any kind of positive thing throughout the world. And so, I don't know, the idea that maybe Alex Alexander the Great's, you know, efforts to basically take over the world were partly, like, isn't that kind of what Emmett, uh, not Emmett, what's his actual name? We were calling him Emmett for a while, but... Taylor? Harrow. Harrow, right. What Harrow wants to do. Like, he doesn't necessarily want to rule the world, but he wants to change the world in a very global sense, you know? Right. And, I mean, I think Alexander wanted to do that in some regard. Um, and, you know, just killed a lot of people to, to try and do it and subjugated masses and, you know, all that good stuff. That's, that's Will, what, is there that's any way you can comment on this without giving anything away from the comics, or do we just need to ask you about this in three weeks? <laughs> or, no, I guess we can say, like, was, is Alexander the Great as Amit's last um, avatar, like, is that a thing pulled directly from the comics, or does that feel like a choice that they made just here to... I will say, because we didn't get to talk about this 
last episode because I wasn't here also. Mm-hmm. But um, I've only ever seen one other chosen avatar. Um, oh, okay. Like one other Egyptian god chosen avatar. Um, In the comics. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, like, this whole chosen avatar group thing yeah, is, is totally new to me. Um, and I'm having a great time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, choosing choosing Alexander the Great specifically threw me off uh, mm-hmm. because there are two in the comics. There are two Egyptian pharaohs who have influence in current times, or some level of influence in current times that they could have done to. Start to expand and or connect the greater MCU, but mm-hmm. they but they didn't do it, and it made me a little sad. Mm. But um, Alexander the Great as a character in the comics, I don't believe, I don't believe there's been a story off the top of my head uh, that has involved him specifically. Like there's like Nostradamus, we've gotten Harriet Tubman, we've done some Hitler stories, we've done Santa Claus, we've had uh, Leonardo da Vinci, we've had Tesla, but I don't think we've had Alexander the Great. I'm just gonna be stuck for a while on the trio of um, (laughs) Harriet Tubman, Hitler, and Santa Claus. Yeah, I'm trying to to make sure I get all the gamut of just really (laughs) random historical figures. And Santa Claus is real. I was gonna say, I mean, question Santa Claus is a historical figure, but yeah, it, it's. It, but yeah, I don't think it, Alexander the Great's been one. It's funny because going back to the conversation we we're having earlier, in terms of like, yeah, I I agree with Paul that I like that the show is very self-contained, that it's not MCU all over the place. Though I do, once the sky starts moving, I think maybe yeah. Doctor Strange and some others are gonna notice, right? But physically, how does that work? You get, if when we do get uh, Moon Knight interacting with other characters, if this also becomes an MCU character, as I think may well happen, I want to see Moon Knight talking to Deadpool. Because I feel like Deadpool <laughs> would both have so much fun, but also be kind of one of the only ones to be actually kind of understanding and compassionate and sort of like, oh, okay, I'm talking to Steven now. Cool. I'm talking to Mark now. Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll just work. I'll just run with it. I feel like they could have a bantery battle where they're just totally mutilating each other and healing very quickly. And like <laughs> it's being very weird. Look! Look what finger expression I made you make by cutting off your other fingers. You know mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um. Anyway, so back to this. Um. The other thing I, I noticed, and I, I kind of like that we're kind of in new ground, not the comics, because I'm really curious where they're going to go with this. We saw, as I understood it. The avatars of all of the currently existing Egyptian gods gathered together for that trial kind of thing. And I think there was five or six. And then they also, in this episode, showed us all of the, like, little statues of all of the Egyptian gods who are, you know, in torpor or kind of, you know, not buried, you know, not active. And it was probably at least like fifteen or so. It was far more than the number. I think it was ten. Yeah, there was ten. Ten. Okay. Yeah, I made okay. sure I mean, to count. I'm I, I <laughs> super curious. It was ten. It was ten. <laughs> okay. were so it's not it's not significantly more, but, but it's it more. Is more. It's definitely more. Yeah. 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 And I, 
I, my guess is part of it is like you break that statue to release that god. I'm going to predict that mm. a number of those statues are going to get broken by the end of the series. Seems May definitely maybe. like a possibility. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Or at least that the potential of that happening is going to be a plot point, I think. Yeah. You that know. might be the big bad that we have to stop in the last episode. Man, and what if what if they get Ahmed out and she doesn't want Harrow? <laughs> I mean, what if she wants Mark? Like Or Steven. Or what if she wants Steven? Or Steven. Yeah. <laughs> Steven. Yeah. Oh my god, if one of them wants Mark and the other wants Steven, that gets that, that, Can you be that, the Avatar for two gods at one time? Well, especially now that we haven't, for the first time, had a version in some ver some person's understanding of reality of the two of them coexisting as physical beings at the mm -hmm. same time. I I don't want to go too far into speculation. Uh, Mephisto is nowhere in this discussion, <laughs> but I, I I do I'm gonna have a little sliver of hope that maybe the the whatever delirium Mark is doing now is in part because now both of these gods are starting to pull at mark and oh Steven. interesting and because i think that could be a really interesting like where does that go with 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 his situation i think that would be really interesting yeah man uh the red the second sarcophagus that was all red and they just left it there <laughs> who was that uh, <laughs> i i know right who knows <laughs> who's in there <laughs> <sighs> that um, here's here's a question that maybe is safe to ask in terms of comic stuff. That first scene, that first kind of whole sequence of scenes, to me again, yeah, and maybe you all disagree. It had a very kind of like suspense horror, you know, creeping through the darkness with the monster always behind you. Is that a theme or a kind of tone that the comics often go to? No. So my inclin my inclination is to say no. Um, the comics for Moon Knight does it, it. Fear of the unknown monster isn't really a Moon Knight thing. It's usually more the spooky ethereal. Um, I don't know. In my head, it's different, but uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this correctly. <laughs> Moon, Moon Knight stuff has typically been the insanity play and not the jump horror black hand from the shadows. Like ghouls kind, kind of, of play. Yeah. More like. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. That makes me then even more curious why they included it because yeah, I, part of me was sure. wondering like, okay, yeah, so maybe this is a nod to a part of the comics and so it's important to have it. Um, do you? Uh, my preference might just be my preference. Do you two felt like it really added to the episode? Not really. Eh. Yeah, that that was kind of I think part of kind of having it feel a little tougher to get into because I, I felt a yeah. little bit like I was in a different show it started off feeling kind of like indiana jones and then i felt like it was more like the mummy and mm -hmm. I, I actually like the mummy you know there's some problems with the movie but like <laughs> you know it well it's just, you know, some stuff so I, I have some things to say about it but like i think it's a fun adventure film but like you know with like 
you know, undead, right? But here it's like it kind of did feel like going from like, you know, we're exploring to like, I don't know, like a little bit more of that sort of like undead horror genre. But like, yeah. and the organ uh, harvesting was weird. Yeah, that was really weird. Like, that was gross and creepy. And like, I guess. I don't know then, but it never, there was never a thing that then it's like, okay, this now makes sense in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So like maybe we're going to get that, but it kind of, it felt a little random to me and just kind of like it took away from some of the more like interpersonal drama and the like exploring the area. And it, it felt to me maybe like they were writing and they are like, okay, we want, we don't want to have Harrow and you know, Steven and Layla kind of confront each other early on. We want some reason for them to split up. This is a reason that they'll have to go to different directions. And we want to get like a little more action a little earlier in the, in the show. Right. And, but I don't know, maybe there's some really good plot reason, but it, it did feel like a little random and um, just not like disjointed, but just, it felt to me like it didn't get me back into what I love about the show really yeah. quickly, you know? So it wasn't like I hated it. I was just kind of like, eh, okay, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And other I'm parts of the show I'm... I've just really felt compelled by, so. Yeah. And and fans, I would love to hear from you if you felt differently, but I am glad to know I wasn't the only one who kind of had some of that reaction. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, yeah, I was gonna say, why not just use a jackal monster, but then uh, Layla wouldn't have been able to see it. So oh, right. that would have been yeah. a thing. Uh. And I will say, like, shoving having us not really ever see its face until she uses the flare as a weapon and then kind of like shoves the lit flare into its head eh, in terms of badass combat moves that's 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 somewhere on the list <laughs> yeah yeah i'll take i'll take that that part was good and yeah, i think fine. she pulled its hand off and then it was trying to impale Stab her with her like with the, the bone with its <laughs> oh my god right yeah so yeah, yeah I, I actually so thought that that part of the kind of fight struggle was was pretty well done yeah, especially because it meant that Layla, it's it kind of a nice Layla not getting damseled, you know, in a way that I think we we talked about. Yeah, yeah. About. Like, that act, yeah, that, like, 30 seconds of fighting, it was just this long period of, like, moving through and being hunted and all that. Um, all right, well, we've hit a lot of things. Any other kind of last points or comments either you want to make up this episode before we wrap up? Uh, the mental institution pulls straight from one of the runs of Moon Knight. Um, mm. and that run paid off in the end, but it started off really slow. And mm. so, um, I'm curious how long they're going to have this setting. Like, I feel like, I don't, I don't know how much, I don't think you can do an entire episode of this uh-huh. setting. I feel like 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, we'll get your answers yeah. of why right. we're in this setting. Did it have the same kind of trappings in terms of, like, the visual look and, like, Stephen Grant existing as a movie character, like a bad Indiana Jones ripoff? Like, are, were those, like, little details all straight from the comics? Indiana Jones ripoff, no. But, um, yes, in the sense that all of the major characters and references from Moon Knight's canon were all different pieces uh, within the institution. Uh, which was super cool, uh, and like uh, the the bearded guy and the uh, African American lady, um, 
I think their names are like Barry and something else. Um, they were straight from the comics in this run, and they were the two like institution helper nurse people um, mm. from the comics. And so when we got introduced to them in episode two, I right. told yeah. Steve. They're mm. from they're two characters from the comics from the Mets Institution storyline. <laughs> and it's fun that they're here. So that's kinda cool. Oh, and that's then we, cool. And then we got them literally as those references in this yeah. episode. Yeah. Um so I, I'm glad I didn't tell you guys. <laughs> it's great because on one hand I feel like I'm really getting to enjoy it this way. I do though unless I wind up hating the ending of the show, which I don't think is gonna happen, but uh, well <laughs> Disney MCU shows <laughs> generally don't stick the landing, but we'll see where that goes. Um, but I still like most of the shows, even though I don't always love the endings. But the point is, what I hope I'm able to do is finish the show knowing nothing, have a great conversation with you and Steven and all four of us, and will you tell us all the things from the comics, and then go back and rewatch the show mm. now that I'm looking for those Easter eggs. Like, yeah. I think it'd be fun to see it both ways. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and um, Paul was totally right about last episode uh, when when his cape – came out into the crest oh yeah right i lost my shit yeah, yeah <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah. i lost oh, yeah. my mind <laughs> yeah. look i just spent three minutes telling people what to do with their balls and hoping that they help me get money for it so i think you can say shit I think okay, okay. Cool. um you know I'm, i'll just put an explicit one on this one um although although i will say i read you the pg oh. ad read there is right. an adult ad read for the product as well that I just can't get through with a straight face. The lawnmower 4.0 <laughs> um, is waterproof. You can use it in the shower. Uh, also oh, true. Also, nice. also, it has an LED light. Yeah. For like, you know, you, there's like some nooks and crevices, and especially <laughs> if you are a, a gentleman of girth such as myself, where a direct view of the situation can be impeded, um, the, the, those additional factors can be super helpful. Excellent. So. I thought you were going to talk about your kielbasa. I was like, geez, Matthew. Right, right. Just, <laughs> The humble brag. <laughs> no, 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 no. I make my own sausage, and that is the only context in which I will use the phrase kielbasa on this podcast. Um, Paul's also now very upset. Uh, I have a recipe for vegan kielbasa. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. That can also be. <laughs> so Paul, and, oh, yeah. Anyway. We, we, we are in midair. The shark is beneath us. We have not quite yet le left the shark. But we're in mid-league, yeah. so do you have any last comments before I shut this all down? Yeah, I have a couple things to pull us back just a little bit into what's going on. I thought the Stephen Grant as, like, movie character was excellent. It was very reminiscent to me of, like, if you've seen Young Justice, the, like, hello, Megan, you know. Oh, yeah. Thing. Um, also, I think it would be funny if Apocalypse showed up in this, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure he won't. <laughs> well, that was one of those. I don't think... That was one of those. That was one of those things, right? Yeah. If yeah. This, oh gosh, if this was if this was the sarcophagus of Insabanur, yeah. Him, he's the first mutant, and then to have him be the first mutant name dropped in the MCU would just ah. Oh. Right. Sorry. And and yeah, have been played by the character who's the title character in the. I know. Right. I, I haven't yet done the internet searches, but I guarantee that someone is already doing a frame by frame analysis. To see if they can find some reference to apocalypse anywhere in that Egyptian. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like, were, was there any writing on the sarcophagus? Probably. Oh, there's right? plenty. Like, yeah. you know. All right. What else you got? That's uh, those are. I think those are my two things. I think that's what. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. 
Yep. All right. Well, Paul, um, what else are you up to? You're doing some video stuff. Yeah, I'm making, I'm making a lot of, like, poker shorts lately. Like, under a minute videos. <laughs> the latest one was, like, 15 seconds. Um, so, you know, they're really quick views <laughs> on uh, um, Zen Madman Poker on YouTube. Maybe I'll put them on TikTok someday. Technically, I have Zen Madman on TikTok, but, uh, you know, I haven't nice. actually ticked any talks. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if, if you just want to watch some ridiculous poker hands, I don't think you need a ton of poker knowledge, but I don't know. If you do watch them and don't have a ton, you can let me know if you have no idea what on earth I'm talking about. And then uh, that would be some. I, I've shown them to some friends who know very little about poker and I found them quite entertaining and that kind of like it's just fun to see someone excited about a world they don't like sure tiktok sure. is now a lot about be excited about something you don't understand but when you're also funny about it your videos are quite humorous right uh with with some references to uh inside jokes of the mcu uh and mcu fandoms so that's true that's true i do i do sneak those in there from time to time yeah <laughs> uh and will what about yourself we talked about the podcast you do what is it how can people find it yeah, my podcast with my buddy uh, Steve Storman is Hype is My Superpower. Uh, you can find it literally on anything you prefer to listen to your podcasts on. Uh, we talk about comics and the comics that we've read that week. Uh, this next episode is going to be part recap, comic recap, part uh, review of our Marvel NYC tour. Mm, uh, cool. So. Uh, hope to have you guys listen in and be a new fan and be a friend. Awesome, awesome, yeah, definitely Very check all that out. Check out Paul's Paul's videos. Check out Will and Steve's podcast. And of course, if you want to check out more of what I'm doing, go to theethicalpanda.com. That's where you'll find all the links to all the different podcasts I've done. Uh, I was just recently a guest on the Totally Eighties Movies podcast, uh, talking about War Games, which is a I, so far, the two movies I've done with them have been Risky Business and War Games, because apparently I have a favorite genre of movies that seem like suburban white kids who are in over their heads and having hijinks, but then turn out to be really deep social commentary. Uh, and this movie winds up being like one of the first about artificial intelligence and being very criti critical of like Reagan and nuclear war ideas. And yeah, it's a great movie. We had a lot of fun with it. I'll put that up on the website pretty soon. We also find all the Star Wars podcasts I'm doing. Uh, Paul and I, as I said, just did a, an episode about the Batman, which will hopefully be coming up as soon as I can get it edited. So might be not till next Tuesday. I know for a while I was putting out these episodes every Tuesday with a Moon Knight coming out. I've also had a lot of health challenges recently. I'm going to make sure you get some kind of episode every week. I can't promise what day it's going to be on, but especially I think once we're past Moon Knight, we'll have a little bit more consistency. So uh, there also, though, you can find all the ways to contact us. And I would really love to know what you all think. What What's your experience of this different show so far? Um, again, if you've got spoiler stuff uh, from the comics, what I'd say is go ahead and send it in now, but just say spoilers, and I'll know not to read that until the end of the season. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to know your thoughts. I'd love to read them on air. I'd love to talk about them in any way you want. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, email, all the things, all on theethicalpanda.com. Uh, and, of course, if you want to um, get another kind of support entirely, go to manscaped.com. Use the discount code HEROETHICS, and you'll get 20% off. There's a lot. Folks, for me as a non-binary person, when a company is like, we are men, and we have penises and balls and men things, you know that a part of me is like, no, that's not how it works. Like, gender is a lot broader than that. So the fact that I'm standing by this company's products, it tells you they're pretty darn good. Uh, so... Definitely good, but I'm still also going to make fun of their name while they're sort of paying me for it. So this may be the last <laughs> live sponsorship I ever do. Who knows? 
Um, but anyway, go check all that out. Support the podcast. Support the other great uh, stuff that my guests are doing. And most importantly, have a great day. Bye. Good night, Moon Knight. <laughs> Later, Gators. Good night, Amit. <laughs> Yeah.